Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Oh, so a while ago I stood here and I said, pack your bags. We are moving. Well, it is now time. It is happening in the next two weeks. <laughs> in two weeks' time, we will take communion on property that belongs to Frontline. <laughs> Number 13, Yuan Road, just up the road. And I cannot wait to take communion there just to say thank you for God for the blessing but also to understand that the new doors are opening and things are changing and God is shifting us as a church. Amen. Okay, I'm going to skip some scriptures. Let's go to Acts 16 and verse 20. I won't even read it. I'll just tell the story. This is Paul and Silas is in jail. They were put in jail because they casted a demon out of somebody that were fortune-telling and the ladies' owners were making money out of her telling fortune. So when they set her free, the owners were upset and said, but hang on, you've taken our income away. Um, we wanted to uh, earn money from her. So because they set her free, they ended up in jail. And then a very beautiful thing happened. In verse 25, Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God. Let's just stop there for a moment and process that. Okay, you're doing God's work. You're setting people free and you get thrown into jail. How is your emotions going to be? How are you going to feel about serving God? How excited are you going to be about God? But undaunted, they were praying in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God where all the other prisoners listened to their worship. So I want to tell you, somebody is watching you going through your tough time. Somebody is watching how are you reacting to the pain of your processes. Okay. And suddenly, verse 26, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. And at once every prison door flung open and chains of all the prisoners came loose. Their praise and worship created an earth-shattering moment. Do you think they were shy and just humming under their breath? Do you think they were standing dead still? They were in stock so they couldn't jump up and down. But I believe that they worshipped with all they had and it had an effect with those around them. I am one of the people that when I was at a place where people were singing, I said, hang on, they've got something that I don't have and I want it. I gave my life to the Lord because somebody was worshiping God on the beach. I was a young teenager, 1983. Next year, that will be 40 years, 30 years, I don't know, many years. But I was affected by somebody's worship. My whole life changed direction because somebody worshipped their God. And 
this is exactly the same thing that happened. A great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. So when God responded to their praise and worship, not only their lives were changed, but every other prisoner in that place, the door opened and the chains fell off. Oh, Lord Jesus, let us worship in a way that will set people free, Lord God. Let us enter into your presence in a way that creates an earthquake that changes the society around us, Father God. Oh, There's times to worship quietly, but there's times when you have to abandon and just say, God, I now want to be in your presence. And I don't care who sees me, and I don't care who's aware of it, and I don't care what is their thoughts about it. Because something's going to shift as you press in, in prayer and worship. Oh, then we know the story about the jailer got scared and he wanted to kill himself, and eventually he gave his life to the Lord. And, but that moment where their praise and worship went to such a place that they sang songs and prayer to God and everything shifted. I think we need to just do one song at that moment. Let's, where are you sitting? Just imagine Paul and Silas in jail. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, What must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It is as simple as that. Believe in Jesus and you're going to be saved. That is as simple as that. And um, then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and his family. Even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized. Middle of the night, they're baptizing his family. Hey, that's the kind of encounter that I'm looking for. 
Maybe we don't plan it six months down the line. But we have an encounter with God and we say, I want to get baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The very man that was supposed to keep them in prison was the one who became feeding them, caring for their wounds, looking after them. Because they had an encounter with God in praise and worship and everything changed. Oh, then him and all his family were baptized and he put, took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. Oh, Lord God, let us go through our hardships in such a way that it brings joy to families, Lord God. Oh, Jesus. And then I'll just cut to the end, verse 40. So Paul and Silas left the prison and went back to Lydia's house where they met with all the believers and comforted and encouraged them before departing. Even though they came from jail, even though things didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work out, they were the ones who were encouraging people and making them stand strong. Oh, the presence of God that comes through prayer and worship can change everything. Amen. So let's turn to Genesis 26. How does this time for Frontline, where Frontline is busy on a move and a shift and things are changing, how does this time affect us as a church? Because we are shifting from here up the road. We're shifting from being a tenant to being an owner as a church. How is that affecting each one of us in our personal life? How is it affecting our community? I'm going to just share with those who are here the scripture God gave us in 2011 when he told us to plant this church. We came from a time where church was very difficult for us and we were battling in church and struggling in many aspects. So uh, Genesis 26 verse 12. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundredfold, grant more grain than he planted. When he sowed, God blessed him. And he became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. And he acquired many flocks of sheep and goats. And the servants of the Philistine became jealous of him. Expect the blessing of God to be so strong that people get jealous. People get uncomfortable around you. Um, verse 16. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. It was a word of a front line from day one. So Isaac moved away from there where he set up the tents and settled down. And he reopened the wells of his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. And to church, we call our leadership well diggers because of this scripture. Because our job is to open up the well so that fresh water can flow to people. So that fresh water can come out. We are sons of Apostle Nicky, and he's obviously the spiritual son of his own father that worked beyond the West Rand and did incredible miracles in this place. And we are believing that God is reopening that miracle flow in this place. So Isaac's verse 19, Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed that spring. This is our water, they said. And they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well 
argument, isek, which means argument, or bitterness, or strife. And so much of church have become bitter and strife. There's the well of fresh water, but the herdsmen argue and, and so on about it. And I moved from there, if I can just tell the story to keep it short, to another place. And that also was arguing about the uh, shepherds about it. And very much in my life, there was a lot of arguing. But eventually, verse 27, abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth which means open space. And if you go onto our new premises and you just see how much space God has given us, and God gave me this word when our church was in our lounge. When our church was five or six people meeting in a lounge in Ramesach. Oh, yeah. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space for his head. At last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. Oh, Lord Jesus. God is doing something in front line, in a real both anointing, which means I've made space for each one to prosper. Every single one that God gives into this place is going to be in a real both state, a place where you have the space to work out who you are in Christ, a space to be everything that you are in Christ and more. And that is the heart and the soul of Frontline. Do you know that in a city, your role changes when you become an owner? You become a rate payer, you become somebody with a say in the structures of the city. And Frontline's anointing over the Ruddeport Randburg area is changing because of this shift that has happened in the natural, it is going to have a spiritual effect. After that, he moved to another place, Beersheba, and God met him there. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. There's a promise that God is going to do something in this place. God is going to need men and women to rise up and be carers, men and women to be ministry of help because their promise over this church is so big and the promise over this place is so big. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord and he set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. I believe there will come a place where God adds churches after church after church from this place. Because of the anointing that God has put on Frontline. Because of the promise He has made over Frontline. But if we ever try and do it in our own strength, it will fizzle out to nothing. In Bible, there's this thing. To whom much is given, much is required. And I want to say, people of God, I see so many people that's got such an anointing, but they stuck at the wells of Sitna and it, where it is strife and bitterness, and they're upset in the church because things didn't go the way they wanted it to go, and they get upset with God instead of taking what God has given them and operating in it. 
Lord God, I pray that everyone who's sitting here that has been hurt by the church, everyone that even I myself have said something that has discouraged them, or another pastor has said something that has made them withdraw, and also to those that have stayed online because they've been hurt in the church. Father God, I pray that today is their day of forgiving, and today is their day of starting over because you have a calling that doesn't move away just because there's quarreling. It doesn't move away because things haven't worked out the way you thought it's going to work out. Oh, let us lay down every bit of bitterness towards the church and put our eyes on God and say, God, I'm going forward even though I've taken knocks, even though I might feel like I'm in the jail like Paul and Silas, but I'm going to forget about my circumstances here on earth and I'm going to put my eyes on you, Jesus, and I'm going to expect something to change. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. And he set up his camp at that place. And the servants dug another well. And as we move from here to there, I want to say every little bit of service that we do for God in this process of moving, doesn't matter if it's taking the photos or singing and worshipping up here or being involved in changing the property, maybe transporting some things up. All of that is an altar that people are going to see. Our ceremonial move from here to there is going to rattle a little bit the community. So say, hey, what's happening? Well, it's time for some rattling to happen. It's time for things to be a bit open. In this process, I just want to mention quickly 2 Samuel 24. David had come out of a hard time. He had messed up. He would sinned. And he was faced some really hard times with God about how he messed up. And um, the prophet came to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arunah the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of God, went up to, as the Lord commanded. And Arunah looked and saw the king and his servants coming towards him. So Arunah went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to the servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar for the Lord, uh, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. And as is the normal response, No, don't worry, Pastor, don't worry, King, you don't have to pay for this. And David answered him, just jumping a little bit. Um, then the king said to Aruna in verse 24, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which has not cost me anything. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. is given so much is required i'm skipping some pieces of what i wanted to minister because i know we've been fasting for a while and people are looking forward to their lunch and they are just about ready for an encounter with god at the dining room table so i want us to not stay here too long but understand that we are in a society where guys will worship god as long as it doesn't cost them anything that worshipping God is about the same effort as putting on a movie. 
just tune in and I can sit on my couch and receive something. And I don't want to say to the online people that you are not welcome. But the online cannot be the lifestyle. It has to be the entrance into the next phase of where God is taking you. If God can reach you right there on your couch, then so good. But you cannot really serve from there. Your next stage of serving will come when you switch into a church and become part of what God is doing. Oh, yeah, maybe start a home cell wherever you are. We believe God for starting home cells in Pakistan and in Uganda and in Kenya and God opening the door in Naisna and in Prithenburg Bay to plant churches. So that, yes, amen. <laughs> um, God is opening a door to the north of here in Bella Bella and there's a church plant happening and we are part of it. It's so exciting to see new wells being dug. But we have to understand that there is a cost. You mentioned it, Grant, and I was quite excited about it, that worship and sowing cannot be separated. What if we had to say, we've been speaking about daily giving. And to me, even to me, it was a, a new concept. How do I give daily? And the Lord showed me that your tithe is like your once a month grocery shopping. I don't know, some people buy two trolleys full, other people just buy a monkey full, but they have a major shopping once a month. That is your tithe. But your daily giving in offerings is like your bread and milk that you buy daily. Nobody finishes all their purchases once a month. Everybody goes back to the garage shop or to the cafe or to the spa down the road and goes and buys these little bits during the month. And we have to develop that kind of style with our giving. It's not just, I've given my tithe, now I'm done. No, switch in and say, God, I'm going to stay in that place. Every time I worship, I'm going to give something. Give it like a bread's money or a milk's money. Pastor Mandy and I have a, a love that we have, and that's to buy a cup of coffee from Seattle often. If we can find the money to buy a cup of coffee, we can find the money to sow a seed. Because it, daily giving will lead to daily receiving. And it is that thing that I, we daily read our Bible and we daily pray, I hope so. But we do our worshiping on a daily basis. But when we understand that our giving is part of our worship, then we say, hey, I'm going to daily, every time I worship, every time I pray, I'm going to sow a little seed. I'm going to do something on a daily basis because it's going to build an altar in that place and it is going to change things. I wanted to read the whole of 1 Corinthians 1, but I, I don't want to do it now because time, people are going to start missing it. But I want to say there's something happening in this time where God is saying, church, don't be a church that says, I'm going to do it like this, take it or leave it. I'm going to serve God in the way it suits me and I'm going to not do it. Something that's going to touch others is your crazy faith. You're doing crazy things. Your crazy worship is going to touch people. So our craziness of driving ceremonially from here to there to a building that's not yet ready for us is going to stir something in the spirit. It's going to make something happen. 
and 1 Corinthians 18 speaks about the things that we do is seen as foolishness by others. It's seen as craziness. Um, it's seen as a stumbling block to some. But God says that very stumbling block is going to make them come into the power of God. Is going to make them experience who He is. In Afrikaans, there's a, a plant that we call a kraki rurmaini. Who knows what that is? I know the English people won't know, but who knows what a kraki rurmaini is? Uh, Grant, it is a honey flower. Can we see a little video of a kraki rurmaini, please? I'll explain it in a second what does the words mean, but let's just see if we can see a video of it quickly. I believe many Christians have become like this. Watch for a second. What happens? Every time somebody speaks to you, or somebody tries to guide you, they just close up. And if any piece of it breaks off, it stinks. And the church have become a stinking, crikey, rurmaini plant. Because every time that things change, then no, 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 that church is not for me. No, 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 those ones are not good for, enough for me. But God is saying we are, uh, our service has to cost something. If you look at David, he's cost money. But I'm not only talking about money. I'm saying it might cost us our comfort. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> but every time they touched it, it closed up. And I see a church worldwide that is made up of closed up leaves. But you know what? When the sun shines on it again, it opens up again. And when the sun shines on it again, today I'm asking, open your heart and let the sun of God shine again on those things that you've been protecting, on those things that have stopped you from entering in with God and allow Him to let you open up your life and allow you to experience all of what God has. So, I also missed a piece at the beginning just for time saving. Samuel, the young boy, gets left by his mom to serve in the temple. is 1 Samuel 3 and he starts to serve in a time when the church is dead there's no prophecy Eli's sons are just partying day and night they're not do, taking up their role in the church they've run away from their role and during this pandemic I've seen so many run away from what God has for them in the church and this little boy starts ministering to God he starts serving in the church might just be fixing things up here just making things neat things that other people would think is valueless and suddenly the whole situation over the whole country changes God starts speaking in 1 Samuel 10 now the Lord came and stood and called it as the other time Samuel Samuel and Samuel answered speak for your servant years that's what I want Frontline to be, a place where we say, Lord, speak, because I'm listening, I'm receiving. Verse 11, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel 
at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. People are going to hear what God is doing in your life and they're going to like be surprised. They're going to actually feel a feeling that God is doing something that doesn't fit the mold of what they expect God to do. And the whole atmosphere in Israel changed because a little boy started serving and ministering to God. So understand that whatever you serve, whatever you minister, whatever you do, has not only got a physical effect in the church, it has a spiritual effect and changes a country, changes a church, changes a community. Father God, as I stand and I think about all these examples that we spoke of, of Samuel ministering to you in the temple, of Paul and Silas in the jail, worshiping and singing, of Isaac planting and digging and planting and digging, of David building an altar. And every time everything shifts over the whole community, then I know that this phase in Frontline's life is going to have that same kind of effect. So we start by ministering. Secondly, we sow a seed like Isaac did. We worship like Paul and Silas did. We dig a well like Isaac did. And we build an altar like David did. And we are going to expect a change. Worship team, let us come up for one last time. Even if we just do a verse. But I want you to sing and expect somebody to be set free. Not only yourself, but expect it to happen like it happened to Paul and Silas as they started singing in the middle of the night in the dark jail. Things started happening and changing. For those who were in jail, for the jailer, for Lydia and her people that were praying, all of them experienced a change because somebody worshipped with all they had. Can we remove the pulpit and we just worship? It's going to be just like two minutes and just take in the presence of God. And I pray that you would go forward this day, still in this presence of God. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.